Hey, it's Mark K from the Mark K Show. Thanks for checking out the Mark K Show podcast. We'd love for you to join our official Katriot network so that we can stay in touch with you and you can stay in touch with us. It's easy. Go to markk.com. That's M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E.com. Join the Katriot network and get a free copy of the Katriot Manifesto. Markk.com. We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it! This is the Marque Show. Hey, Mark. Welcome back. 2024. Here we are. We're finally here. Yeah, the last three years were slow and a little rough, but you got to look at it this way. We're finally here at the year we've been waiting for. Trump 2024. Yeah, it's a mouthful right there. The last three years have been kind of slow and a little rough. And some people like it slow and a little rough. Well, that's not what, you know, but, uh, you know what, never mind. It is 2024 and we are very excited for this year. We're we're cautiously optimistic for this year, but also we're watching our back because I don't know if you heard the news, man, but 2024 is already, it's already exploded onto the scene with some really impressive and incredible stats. For example, we've had one $800 million jackpot winner in the Powerball uh, in 2024 from the state of Michigan, which also, by the way, Michigan won the uh, ball game yesterday. And over a good time to be for Michigan. Again. 2024 is all about uh, Michiganders. Is that what they're called? Michigan. I think that's right. Uh, Michiganders are, are winning big, uh, both on the gridiron and at the lottery uh, station in 2024 so far. But we've also had a massive deadly earthquake in Japan, followed by a crazy plane crash in the same exact country. In fact, uh, five of the uh, servicemen in Japan um, who were, uh, I guess, in a plane on the runway got hit by a passenger plane. A massive explosion uh, happened as a result. All of the passengers apparently got off no problem. There were some injuries, but no deaths. Unfortunately, five of those Japanese uh, Japanese. Um, Coast Guard uh, operatives died in that crash. And then in South Korea, the opposition leader for the uh, for the presidential election got stabbed in the neck at a press conference live on television. So look, 2024 is it's going to be a statement year. It's 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 coming in hot. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, 2023. You think you're all that in a bag of chips? Hold my beer. And from day one, 2024 is making its presence be known. 855-940-MARK as our number. That doesn't change, by the way. A lot's changed, but that hasn't. The number is still the same, and if you want to give it a buzz, you can, 855-940-6275. Or, this is cool, you can just leave us an open mic message and let us know what's going on in your life. What is it that you're excited about for 2024? What happened that you think we need to discuss? What comments do you have? It's really easy to do. Any one of our Catriot Radio Network radio stations that you could be listening to at the moment, whether it's WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida, WSB in Atlanta, GA. Maybe you're listening over there in Tulsa, Oklahoma to KRM or even up in Ohio, uh, where the governor has been, the governor's been, you know, just when you thought Mike DeWine couldn't become any more unpopular, he does something to make himself even more unpopular. We'll get to that story for all of our WHIO listeners and everyone else nationwide who wants to, uh, who wants to know which governors are good governors and which governors, well, let's just say, Let's just say which governors need some work. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Before we get into any of that, let's talk a little bit about New Year's Eve. Because on New Year's Eve, I imagine if you're like most Americans, uh, or most people really, I, I guess across the globe, you were uh, you were drinking, maybe partying, celebrating, maybe you had some of those poppers or uh, funny hats. Maybe you had those obnoxious horns that make that, you know, that obnoxious 
horn sound. Otherwise, you go there. Uh, and maybe you were watching the ball drop on ABC with Ryan Seacrest and Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, as many people do over and over again. Well, a couple of interesting things happened on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. The first thing was that Ryan Seacrest had a hard-hitting interview with President Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady, live from St. Croix. Because when you're Joe Biden, any chance for a vacation, you take it, man. You jump at a you jump at a vacation. And yes, he was in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but he wasn't technically in the United States of America. Uh, but he was just tallying up those PTO days. More PTO days taken in a first term than any other president in history. More PTO, 441, I think. Is that right? Is that how many? It's, it's somewhere. It's a lot. of. It's like over a year. If you think about, let's see, a Joe Biden vacation days, if he's taken over 400 vacation days, that, that's over an entire year, and he's only been president for three. So a lot of time, I mean, it's good to be, it's good to be the president of the United States. And uh, instead of asking him, hey, why are you back on vacation? Or uh, what do you have planned for the new year? What are you going to do about the border issue that's still, you know, ravaging Americans and, and destroying our cities? And what are you going to do about, you know, these, uh, these wars that are raging in Israel and in Ukraine? What are you going to do about the budget crisis? Because, you know, on, on January 19th, the entire government could shut down unless there's some kind of unless there's some kind of budget passed by the House of Representatives, the Senate, and then signed into law by the president. Instead of asking any of that stuff, Ryan Seacrest took the opportunity to ask this very important, important and poignant question of the leader of the free world, Joe Biden. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Ah, uh, yes. What kind of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? You know, it's Christmas. We know you're not doing it. I mean, you don't usually do anything at all. But so what kind of foods has Joe Biden been eating? Does anyone really care, by the way, what kind of food Joe Biden has been eating? I always imagined he was on one of those uh, one of those high fiber diets. You know, maybe he'd been drinking some Metamucil. I always, you know, my father, he's older. He's in a, he's in a, uh, a facility that, that takes care of older people. And they just, everything he gets is like put through the blender three or four times. So it doesn't really, it really even look like food. There's like the brown stuff, the white stuff, and the green stuff. And they say it's different every single day, but I, I have my doubts anyway, but uh, but Ryan Seacrest wants to know what is it Joe Biden is eating over the holiday break. Here's his surprising answer. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've eaten <laughs> pasta, which I love. Yeah. Eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all all Italian foods basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, chocolate chip. Joe Biden says he's eating all Italian food. He's eating lots of pasta. Uh, Joe Biden is eating lots of uh, lots of chicken parm. He's big into chicken parmesan. That's what he wants to do. Uh, that's what he enjoys doing. Uh, which is shocking to me that he would be eating so much Italian food because we all know that Joe Biden is actually Puerto Rican. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically, and so we and we came. Yeah, I guess politically, so not uh, for, you know his his palate. I would have thought as a as a Puerto Rican American, he would have enjoyed some some you know arroz con pollo or something like that for some fried plantains, all that delicious all that delicious Puerto some rum. But uh, no, he's he's chowing down on the Italian food. Also, a little weird because as Joe Biden also reminded us this past year, uh, he's he's actually Greek. You know, remember was it uh, what what did they call him? He was he was so Greek that they used to call him. Oh, that's right. Joe Bidenopolis. 
That was what that was his nickname growing up was Joe Bidenopoulos because he was raised by a Greek community. So I would have thought like maybe he'd have some maybe he'd have some feta cheese or or some um, what is it, souvlaki something you know Greek to show that he's uh, he's he's very in tune with his heritage. But no, he's he's chowing down on the Italian food, which I'm not going to blame him for because who doesn't love <laughs> who doesn't love uh, some chicken parmesan. Uh, the one thing, though, that's interesting, if you listen to the end of that clip, there's two things about uh, Jill Biden that are very interesting in that clip. The first one is what she's wearing. And I know you can't hear what she's wearing in the clip, although it was a pretty loud outfit. It was a pretty loud. I don't even know how to describe it. It was it seemed like a floral gown at first, but then there were then there were sequined cherries and other pieces of fruit on the sleeves. It kind of looked like um it kind of looked like one of those old timey slot machines in Vegas where you pull the handle and there's, you know, there's cherries and fruits and apples and whatever. Like it exploded all over her. And uh, like she was wearing a floral dress and then all of a sudden the jackpot, you know, exploded on her and she had she had all these other she had all these other weird things. But at the end, she wanted to make sure that Joe Biden reminded everybody not only was he eating chicken parm, not only was he diving into lots of pasta, but he also had ice cream and ice cream and ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. Oh, I'm sorry. Chocolate chip ice cream. That's very important. It's very important that Joe Biden and Jill Biden mention the chocolate chip ice cream and ice cream and ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream and I, you know, that struck me as bizarre because first of all, nobody cares about any part of this conversation. I've even, I've even lost interest in it myself and it's my own show. Uh, but I, the interesting thing is how often Joe Biden mentions ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream uh, specifically. And I think that, I don't know if we need a congressional investigation into this, but you know, I believe that there may be, I believe that there may be some, some dark money coming his way from the dairy industry. I, I believe that maybe China and Ukraine and, you know, various parts of Moscow and Russia, I believe a lot of our enemies, uh, the Middle East, Middle Eastern countries like Iran and, and even Saudi Arabia, I believe they're funneling money through Hunter Biden, through James Biden, through Halle Biden, through all the Bidens. I believe that they're funneling money into Joe Biden's coffers, as, as we've been investigating. I believe there's all of these, these red flags, these suspicious activity reports that are popping up left, right, and center. The, the banking trail that James Comer and the Oversight Committee have been hot on the, uh, the trail of for the past year or so. But I believe there may be other money coming in, not just from the pharmaceutical industry and the military industrial establishment, but I believe that Joe Biden may be taking money from Big Dairy. And I think that Big Dairy has, I think Joe Biden's in their pocket. And right. ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. Because why else would he take the opportunity? Why else would his wife, who, let's face it, this is her retirement, folks. She knows she's what? She's a good 10 years younger than Joe Biden. She knows she's going to outlive him. And she needs that Big Dairy money to sustain her life when he's gone. Because, you know, Hunter ain't giving her none. You know, James ain't sharing the wealth. They're not blood relatives. So he, she's like, look, you got to make sure you plug Big Dairy because we need that ice cream money uh, when you pass. And right. ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. I mean, why else would he? And he mentioned, do you remember the shooting in, uh, outside of Nashville last year, the horrible shooting where the transgender shooter uh, went on a rampage in a Presbyterian school? Uh, it was ignored by the it was ignored by the, the media. We still don't have the full we still don't have the full manifesto, just the pages that were leaked out by the Nashville Police Department. But do you remember that was the morning that Joe Biden came out? And instead of saying, this is horrible, this is awful, this is the worst. Instead of doing any of that, he first came out and started talking about what was it? Oh, yes, ice cream. He started talking once again about how much he loves ice cream and how great ice cream is, because to Joe Biden, ice cream is everything. Ice cream is ice cream is the entire world. 
uh, 855-940-MARK is our number, 855-940-6275. All right, so uh, here's what we got going on. Oh, there was another thing, by the way, that happened on New Year's. There was one more thing that happened on New Year's Eve that I wanted to bring you to your attention. And it also happened on New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. In fact, it was after the ball dropped, which I know is when a lot of people go to bed. If you don't go to bed before the ball drops, as soon as that ball drops, you're like, 12.01, good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, at least in my house, that's the way it goes. But after the ball dropped, I stayed up a little bit longer, and I was watching this performance from Green Day. Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong and Green Day. They were a punk rock band from the 90s. And they're not so green anymore. They're little, he's like 51 years old, this guy. They, they should be like Gray Day now or like a, or like a crusty brown day. Because they're they're no longer they're no longer ripe. Um, but Green Day was performing that one of their their favorite songs or one of their mega hits, a song called "American Idiot," and they changed the words so that they could take a swipe, so that they could dig at the uh, the MAGA enthusiasts and the Donald Trump base of supporters. Uh, here's what they said. See if you can hear it. Well, maybe I'm Yeah, he said, I don't want to be part of the MAGA agenda, or I don't want anything to do with a MAGA agenda, which is not really, not really a harsh dig. I mean, but if by Green Day standards, it was pretty tame. But again, you know, it was network television, so I'm sure he had to, he had to watch. Anyway, the internet just went crazy over Green Day being anti-MAGA, which I'm shocked. I don't know why people are... I don't know why people are concerned. I think that I think that you know they've always been kind of anti anti anything good. Uh, but Green Day, this first clip that went viral is important for a couple of reasons. Because number one, it happened um, like minutes after the new year, which means the very first politically oriented attack on Donald Trump and his supporters by some major media network what happened right just minutes after the ball dropped into the new years. And it happened on ABC and it was broadcast live and no one did anything to try to stop it or dump it or censor it or anything like that. Um, and this is the kind of thing that's going to be happening all through 2024. Why? Because this is it. They got, they got 10 months to stop the Trump train and nothing they do seems to be stopping it. They've got 10 months left in the Joe Biden administration for Joe Biden or whoever's behind Joe Biden, the puppet master to, to destroy America to the level that they need America destroyed so that they can take hold of it and solidify their power and their prestige forever. Only 10 months left, folks, and it's going to be a very, 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 uh, it's going to be a fun and exciting and very difficult 10 months because the Democrats have to pull out every single stop. And whether it's Green Day singing about not wanting a MAGA agenda or somebody else uh, getting doxxed or swatted or taking Trump off the ballot, they're doing everything they possibly can because the clock is ticking on their opportunity to weaponize the government against you and me and the rest of the American people. 855-940-MARK is our number. We'll get more of your phone calls here in a minute, some of your open mic messages as well. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Speaking of the ballot, something happened in Maine, which if you don't know about, we'll bring you up to speed on, and the latest on what to expect in 2024 as we get closer to the election, plus the MAGA match game and more. It's all coming up. Don't go anywhere. More Mark K Show next. <laughs> 
This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number. This is not pre-recorded. This is not best of. This is just a regular average. Uh, not average. It's above average. But uh, it's a regular uh, first day of 2024 broadcast. We are live. It's Tuesday, too, which you always, I always have to write that down because when you come back on a Tuesday, it always feels like a Monday, but it's not. And then all of a sudden you roll around. Like Wednesday, I'd walk in here tomorrow. I'd have no idea what was going on. So uh, just for fun, fun reminder, friendly reminder, if you're back at work or if you're going back to school or whatever, it is Tuesday today. Uh, something else that, uh, you know, is not really a resolution, but something I want to let you know about for the new year, a little programming note, is uh, last year, especially during the end of the year, there was a lot of discussion on this program about my rubber nubbins. And even, you know, even over the break, because I think we replayed a couple of uh, a couple of those best of clips, people were bringing up my rubber nubbins, which are, as I've described many times now, the little pieces of rubber that attached to my headphones, one of which I dropped in the toilet and flushed into the into the uh, into the ocean last last year. Well, for Christmas, I received a beautiful brand new pair of rubber nubbinless headphones, meaning it's just one solid piece and it's form fitted and it fits into my ear and I never have to worry about rubber nubbins again. Unfortunately, I left them at home. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the rubber nubbins will last one more day. And then tomorrow, uh, you'll never have to hear me say rubber nubbin again. Although a lot of people seem to be into it. A lot of people... Well, little kinky people out there really enjoyed the that Rich Jones from the Jacksonville's Morning News on 104.5 W. He loved when I talked about my rubber nubbins, which is a little, a little bizarre. Uh, 855-940-MARK is our number, by the way, if you want to get through. 855-940-6275. Coming up, Joe Biden heads into 2024 this election year with some of the worst ratings in history. And NBC is all too happy to let him know about it. Plus, there's a new narrative in town. They can't get Donald Trump on facts, so they've got a new piece of fiction. We'll share that with you here in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. More Marque Show next. Where entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Love it! This is the Marque Show. My New Year's resolution is to find out how long I've been listening to your show. I remember it used to be an hour. Then it went up to two hours. Now we're at three hours. So it really got me wondering, how long have I been listening to you, man? I guess I'm just going to start at the podcast list beginning and see where I remember you talking. So back to December 11th, 2017, I go. Yeah, December 11th, 2017. That's crazy. That's back. That, I guess that's maybe when we started podcasting. Yes, for those of you that are new to the program, first of all, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And uh, we did. We started the show at one hour a day. And we realized quickly that wasn't nearly enough. So we upped it to two hours a day. And then uh, when we lost Rush Limbaugh almost, gosh, three years ago, um, we uh, we were moved into this uh, time slot for three hours a day. Now, for those of you thinking it's going to be four hours, it ain't. We're done. It. We're capping it off at three. However, there is a podcast, both the Mark K Show podcast that you can listen to and uh, our Mark K Saves the Republic podcast, which we took a hiatus from for the holidays. However, it's back. It's back. It's ready. It's up. It's there. You can listen to it every single morning. Uh, we're very excited about it. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855 940 six, two, 
seven five. All right, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Joe Biden here because look, this is going to be a very interesting year. As I said before, a lot of people are excited for twenty twenty four. We're excited because with the presidential election is what we've been we've been living for. That we've been working toward it. We've been fighting to get a candidate like Donald Trump back in office, somebody who can go in and fix this country. Joe Biden and the Democrats have done nothing but but damage and disastrous and dastardly deeds to this country since they rolled on into the White House uh, back in 2021. So now we have the opportunity to turn the tables, to turn everything back to where it was. And it's uh, very exciting for a lot of people. The primaries are just a couple weeks away. The Iowa caucus begins on January 15th. We've got the New Hampshire primary shortly after that. And then, it, then, it, then it's no holds barred. And then it's just whole hog into election season. You're going to start seeing more candidates drop out maybe I would imagine that eventually Ron DeSantis is going to have to come back home to Florida. I imagine Nikki Haley is going to have to go back from wherever it is she's living. I don't even know where she lives now. Chris Christie's just going to, he's going to be like a cockroach, like a big fat cockroach just hanging around until uh, the very last minute. And Vivek Ramaswamy, I think I, he's probably going to start like a band or go on a reality TV. I feel He seems to me like that kind of, either a band or a reality TV show or both. Maybe he'll... Maybe he'll do both. I mean, he's rich enough. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, so that's kind of where we are. And then, of course, we have the conventions in July and August and the election coming up in November, which a lot of people are praying about. A lot of people are hopeful for. A lot of people believe that if Donald Trump can make it to November, he can win and get back to the White House. However, the Democrats are really going to do whatever they can to stop him. And they're going to do whatever they can to stop him because, well, there's a lot, there's a lot at stake for them. First of all, their candidate is horrible. Their candidate is awful. Their candidate is the worst candidate they've probably ever had run for office, or at least since Jimmy Carter. Uh, when, it, when it comes to incumbents, there have been very few that have been just as bad and unpopular as Joe Biden. And in fact, here is NBC News to tell you just how bad and unpopular Joe Biden is. How about the Democratic end of things? Joe Biden seems poised to be the Democratic nominee. What kind of year has he had politically? Well, again, he started 2023 coming off those good midterms for Democrats and his approval rating, you know, 46, 50 wasn't that bad, but it's taken a hit this year. And as we start to close out the year, our final NBC poll had him at just 40 percent approval, 57 percent disapproval. How does this compare to past presidents entering the re-election year. Here you can see it. Here's the 40 that we have Biden at right now. These are all the final polls heading into the election year, re-election year that NBC conducted. You just see all the recent presidents. Look, Trump got beat in 2020. He was at 44 heading into his re-election year. All right, so they're citing Donald Trump at 44% heading into his re-election year and saying he lost. Quote, unquote. Uh, Joe Biden, however, is at 40% heading into his re-election year, and he's going against Donald Trump, who's polling really well in the Republican primary. So they're saying, they're, no, what is going to happen this election year? We have no idea what's going to be happening this election year. Joe Biden is a bad candidate. Uh, the Democrat Party is a, is a pretty bad party. And in fact, everyone connected to Joe Biden has issues. And Corinne Jean-Pierre was on the White House lawn early today to remind everybody that Joe Biden's family is not the problem. There is no evidence. And it's not just coming from Democrats. It's coming from Republicans as well. There's no there there. And it's so unfortunate that Republicans in Congress want to focus on the Amer on, on the president's family instead of the American family. She almost messed up her soundbite, by the way. She almost messed up her soundbite. Luckily, she got it out there in time uh, for it to make the uh, for it to make the Internet. 
um, as well as a soundbite. She more the Republicans in Congress are more, more focused on Biden's family than they are the American family, and there's a reason for that. Focusing on Joe Biden's family and what they may or may not have done to uh, to I guess you would say abuse their power or use their power for financial gain. You know when you have when you have elected officials and their close relatives who are criminals who are corrupted. That is something that affects every single one of us, you, me, everybody else. So uh, concentrating on the the powers in charge of this country, the government, uh, you know, leaders who who manipulate the, their own leadership and their own, um, you know, their own uh, political clout for financial gain, that is focusing on the family, but they can't, they don't want you to know that. They want you to believe that the Republicans are bad people, because if you believe Republicans are bad people, then you'll think Donald Trump's a bad person and you won't vote for him. And Joe Biden can cruise into uh, cruise into office once again. But look, he's got big problems because there are several groups that Joe Biden and the Democrats have always counted on. They've always they've always not only needed these groups, but they've just counted on these groups and they've pandered to these groups like no one else has pandered to these groups before. Joe Biden and the Democrats have done everything they could to win over voters, not just voters, but black voters, Hispanic voters and young voters. They got Taylor Swift a world tour like you've never seen. They got her to did Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, she, they got her to kiss Travis Kelsey on, on New Year's Eve. They're doing whatever they can to make sure that their biggest icons, their biggest, uh, their biggest liberal, you know, uh, mouthpieces are in a position to try and sway the young vote and the Latino vote and the, uh, and the black vote, um, going into 2024 and they're failing miserably because in a new USA Today, Suffolk University poll, overall voters prefer Donald Trump 39% to 37%. Hispanic voters. Hispanic voters prefer Donald Trump 39% to 34%. And younger voters, younger voters under the age of 30, the Taylor Swift Swifties, all of these younger voters prefer Donald Trump to Joe Biden 37 to 34%. They're failing on every level. They don't have a good candidate. They don't, they're pandering to their individual voting blocks and their individual minority groups is not working at all. They're losing young voters. They're losing black voters. They're losing Hispanic voters. And when you lose all those voters, you pretty much lose the election. Unless, of course, you can drum up some votes somewhere else. But we won't get into that right now. We'll save that. Uh, we'll save that to later. And one of the big reasons why they're, I believe, losing all of these voters is A, because Joe Biden old as dirt. Uh, B, Joe Biden is unenthusiastic, uh, or no one is enthusiastic about Joe Biden because he's old as dirt. And uh, all of these things that he's tried to do is, has backfired. You can't pander to every particular group of individuals, every minority group, uh, so for three solid years the way Joe Biden has and not expect them to turn on each other. And we're seeing this in the Democrat Party. For example, you have an influx of illegal immigrants. Joe Biden and the Democrats believe that the key to winning the, the uh, Hispanic vote is to let illegal immigration just run rampant in this country. Shut, open up the border, let everyone come in, give them a cell phone, give them a ride wherever they want to go, and just pretend like they don't exist. Just bring them on into the United States of America. One day down the road, maybe we'll grant them amnesty, they'll become citizens of the United States and they'll vote for Democrats. But that really annoys other Latino voters who came here legally. Because if you went through the process and you came here legally and you struggled and you took the test and you had to you know, hire lawyers, you had to get a green card, you had to find a job and you did everything you possibly could to come here legally and all of a sudden millions of people are being allowed across the border without even being vetted, 
you're going to be ticked off. You're not going to be happy about it. Plus, you're going to have a lot of competition for jobs. And in fact, in the uh, inner cities, you see that a lot of the African-American voters are upset with Joe Biden and the Democrats because of their unchecked immigration policies, which are overcrowding the inner cities, making them dangerous, cluttering up the streets with illegal homeless people. It's, it's become a crisis for Democrats. There are Democrat voters who are upset with the immigrants and they are they are blaming Joe Biden. Not to mention what's going on in, with the Israeli-Palestinian feud and the pro-Palestinian Democrats arguing against the pro-Israeli Democrats. At Harvard University, you're on the brink of a civil war. You've got two different groups calling each other out in the Crimson, which is their which is their daily newspaper, and saying this is the the worst crisis that Harvard University has ever faced in its 200 300 year old history. It's, it's older than the country, and they've never they're they've never faced any kind of uh, a civil um, a civil uh, discourse like this. So you've got big problems for the Democrats in their parties, but the immigration crisis is the biggest. The immigration crisis is so bad that Democrats are now turning their back on illegal immigrants. Democrats, in Democrat cities. There was a New York One reporter who was discussing what happened in Edison, New Jersey. To bring you back up to speed, what happens is Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas allow illegals to come over the border by the tens of thousands. Governor Abbott in Texas says, not on my watch, puts them on buses and sends them to sanctuary cities. Keep in mind, these are cities and states and jurisdictions that have said, we want illegals. We love it. Bring the illegals. If you don't want them, we will offer them sanctuary. We'll give them a place to stay in a nice hotel. We'll give them free health care. We'll educate their children. Hell, we may even let them vote. We may even let them vote if we think it'll help us remain in power. So Governor Abbott says, great, hop on the bus. I'll drive you up to New York. I'll drive you up to New Jersey. And now they're in crisis. So much so that they're turning illegals away. Listen to this. The town of Edison, however, has its own answer. A charter bus to send migrants back to the southern border. The bus that arrived the other night was simply ordered to leave. Ordered to leave in Edison, New Jersey, a blue city in a blue state, a, a bus full of illegal immigrants allowed in by a blue president and a blue homeland security director was ordered to go away. What? What, what is that? What are they? What are they racists up there in New Jersey? Is that what it, they hate Latinos? Don't they know that they're they're a sanctuary state? Doesn't the, the mayor of Edison, New Jersey know that he is obligated just by just because of his party membership to allow any and all illegal immigrants into his city unchecked? Apparently, he didn't get the memo. And New York One spoke with him. His name's Mayor Joshi. Listen to listen to what he said. Edison Township police officers did not know if any of those 40 individuals were carrying weapons. They couldn't be identified. And that is a major problem. That's a major security risk. It's a health risk. And we're just not going to tolerate that. Oh, what a bigot that guy is, huh? He sees a bus full of brown people from Texas roll into Edison, New Jersey. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. They could be criminals. They could have guns. They, they could have health problems. We're not letting those, we're not letting those illegal Latino people into the city. Uh-uh. Turn that bus around. Get out of here. You know, it's really, it's really weird because I seem to remember a story of a president in order to protect his citizens, stopping immigration from various terrorist countries. 
I seem to remember a story where a president said, you know what, until we understand what this weird, bizarre coronavirus is in China, we probably shouldn't allow flights in from China. I seem to remember those things happening and every single Democrat said, racist, xenophobe, Donald Trump is a horrible person, he's banning Muslims, he's banning Chinese people, Donald Trump hates anybody who's not white. He needs, he's disqualified from being president. Yet here you have a mayor, a Democrat mayor in a Democrat city, in a Democrat state saying, I can't, can't let these people off the bus. They could be sick or criminal. They could be terrorists. Edison Township police officers did not know if any of those 40 individuals were carrying weapons. They couldn't be identified. And that is a major problem. That's a major security risk. It's a health risk. And we're just not going to tolerate that. Joe Biden has created such a terrible, horrible, no good crisis at the border. The illegal immigration problem is so off the charts that Democrats are becoming Republicans. Democrats are adopting the same policies that Donald Trump had four or five years ago. Democrats in small jurisdictions are acting like Republican governors. They're turning these people away. They're saying, we don't, they're a danger to our society. They could be armed. They could have diseases. Get them out of here. We don't want them because we want to protect the people in Edison, New Jersey. It's really, it's really, I mean, that's, that's bad news for the Democrats. When you've got mayors saying sanctuary schmanctuary, <laughs> <laughs> send them back to Texas, uh, we got some real problems. Not all of the mayors are like that. Some of them are still trying to spin this thing in favor of Joe Biden. One of them is the mayor of Chicago. I'll play you what he said here in just a minute. Plus, we got some of your phone calls lined up. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Or you can leave us an open mic message. That's easy to do. Go to any one of our Patriot Radio Network radio stations. Download their mobile app. Hit the open mic button. Hit record. Send it in here. We'll get it on the air here in just a minute. 855-940-MARK. More Mark K Show is coming up right after this. <laughs> This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, folks. We are so, we are so excited to uh, to be here. And we're going to take our very first phone call of 2024. Remember, this sets the tone for the entire year. The very first person we talk to in the year kind of sets the tone for 2024. So we're going to, hopefully it's a good one. This is Kaz in Jacksonville. Hi, Kaz. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? doing Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Kaz. Listen, you're our very first caller of 2024. Okay. So, not, <laughs> okay. listen, no pressure or anything, but you gotta, you're gonna set the tone for the entire year. What's on your mind, Kaz? What did you want to say today? Get my president back. That's a pretty good Bring theme. Bring my president Trump back. That's a pretty that's good. That's what I want to say. Yeah, that's, pre that's pretty good. That's a pretty good thing. Well, t this is the year that supposedly, well, I mean, we could definitely make that happen. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work, though. 855-940-MARK is our number. Logan in Green Cove Springs. How you doing, Logan? How you doing, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. What's on your mind? What do you want to say uh, today? All right. So every time I hear somebody say that president's important, president's important, I have to throw the caveat out there. And I know you're, I know you're a constitutionalist, you're smart, but a lot of people still have to understand that local and state elections are more important than the presidential election. And the way that I frame it to my kids is this, is if you have a boss who's bad, but all of the team leaders and all of the mid-level management people are good, then the, the damage that that 
CEO does can be mitigated. Yeah. Man, you must have so some pretty lot of, you must have some pretty smart kids. <laughs> Mike, Mike uh, be like, you know, what's mitigated mean? I'll tell you what, you're right. If you want to if you want to, you know, dumb it down even more, if you have a really bad principal, but all the teachers and assistant principals and guidance counselors are great people, then they can pick up the slack and they can mitigate uh the problems. And you're right about that. But think about this. If you have great local leadership in your town, if you have amazing uh state leadership, both in the uh the uh, your state senate, your state congress, your governor, your governor's mansion if you have all of that you have excellent representatives and a uh, a fantastic senator or senators who are who are representing you in in the senate and then you cap it off with a president who is not just aligned with their values but is a go-getter and somebody who is is willing to work every single day to make and keep america great well then you've got a recipe for success um, but you're 100% right. The big thing about President Trump today, uh, this year is that he's going to be on the ballot. And when you have somebody like Donald Trump on the ballot, that's going to drive turnout. And if you drive turnout, that's going to help all of those local individuals win their elections. Logan, thanks so much for the call. Quick break, folks. More Mark K Show is on the way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it! This is the Mark K Show. The earthquake in Japan is due to a shift in weight. On the surface of the earth, due to the enormous amount of people coming across the southern border in the United States. First of all, I was fully expecting a Chris Christie joke there when she talked about an enormous shift of weight. But uh, yeah, no, that, you know, that's interesting. It's not Conspiracy Theory Thursday. So we uh, please hold your conspiracy theories till... Well, Thursday, um, which is only two days away, seeing as how today is Tuesday. Just another friendly reminder. Uh, but that you know that is that is an interesting tack to take. And we uh, the Japanese earthquake was uh, kind of unexpected. I mean, earthquakes usually are, um, but something that happened uh, just a couple of days ago and the ramifications. You know, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's possible. If you move an entire population of people across around the world, does that throw off the tectonic plates? Could be. Again, I'm no geologist. I'm no lawyer either. But I was waitlisted by one of the finest legal. Uh, law schools in the country. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. All right. Speaking of lawyers and legal stuff, uh, we should probably we should probably get into the Epstein client logs uh, before too long because, well, I know a lot of people are talking about the Epstein client logs. And one of the things that's going to happen is when these logs are released, we already know that Bill Clinton, is his name is going to be all over it. Actually, that's not true. They've masked his name. He will be known as Doe. 36 doe 36 doe 36 a male doe 36 um he's identified more than 50 times in jeffrey epstein's document dump now you may remember that a judge uh ruled that these epstein documents should be made uh public uh, this is all part of a, a well the new york post reports that uh, former president bill clinton will be identified as john doe 36 in a trove of court documents related to late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, which are expected to be released this week, according to a report. Clinton 77 has mentioned more than 50 times, 50 times across redacted documents related to a 2015 lawsuit, lawsuit from Epstein accuser Virginia Jeffrey. 
Uh, many of the references to Clinton are believed to stem from Jeffrey's attempts to compel the former president to testify against the late sex offender and his former paramour and co-conspirator, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Other Clinton mentions are expected to be related to attempts from both Maxwell and Jeffrey to make Epstein come clean in 2016 uh, after he repeatedly invoked his Fifth Amendment rights during a deposition in that lawsuit. The documents are not expected to implicate Clinton in any illegal activity, ABC reported. The names of more than 170 people, known only as John and Jane Doe's previously, with ties to Epstein, are expected to be revealed in the documents after Manhattan federal judge Loretta Preska ruled just before Christmas they would be unsealed in the new year. So those documents are set to be unsealed today is what everyone's been waiting for. Everyone on X is all, they're all waiting. Epstein client list has been trending forever. Everyone's waiting to see who's on the list, who's not on the list. There's going to be Democrats on the list. There's going to be Republicans on the list. We know, I mean, look, Bill Clinton being on the list is not a shock to anybody. Everybody, everybody knew how tight he was with Jeffrey Epstein. We knew that when his wife had him killed. I'm sorry, allegedly we had him we knew that when there were allegations going around that Hillary Clinton may have been involved in Jeffrey Epstein's untimely death, although we don't have any actual proof of that because the security guards left. Um, but anyway, but you know, well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but this is this is just something that, again, this dates back to all of the quote-unquote conspiracy theories that we heard about Bill Clinton, we heard about the Democrats, we heard about their sexual shenanigans, pedophilia, their 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 deviancy, all of this, all of this crazy stuff uh, amongst the rich and the elitists. This this deep state cadre, if you will, of individuals who are wealthy and powerful and have decided that they would like to get together and run the world and do whatever they can. And oh yes, on the weekends they like to fly to a private island and have sex with underage people. Um, that's kind of what we've been hearing. That's kind of what's been going on. That's the, you know, that's the Alex Jones summation uh, that everyone pointed fingers at and laughed at and ridiculed and said was a conspiracy theory. But now we're starting to see more and more that there are big name individuals and they are implicated or will be implicated in some of these uh, client lists when they come out. So Doe 36 is just another name now for whatever you want to call, whatever you call Bill. I know a lot of people call them, uh, they call them, you know what, uh, Bill, there was Bill Clinton, there was Slick Willie. That was the big one, right? So now you can just call him Doe 36 uh, to, uh, to implicate him in whatever, whatever misgivings uh, he had. 855-940-MARK is our number, 855-940-6275. Also some breaking news, Harvard President Claudine Gay Harvard President Claudine Gay is resigning. And this is something, I'm going to be honest with you, I did not see coming. I knew she wouldn't get fired. I knew that she was not going to get fired because she is just too much of a DE&I dream come true. She is a black lesbian woman. She is a black lesbian woman, a triple threat, if you will. She's the KJP of uh, the Ivy League. And as such, I knew she would never be fired. The board at Harvard would never allow her to be fired. However, resignation is, uh, is a totally different scenario. So they've worked out some kind of package. They've worked out some kind of deal. And they will now uh, allow her to resign and I guess save a little bit of face. Um, she, the uh, story is breaking just now. Hold on, let me just see. Uh, this, came, uh, this came after the Crimson, which is the Harvard newspaper, uh, the Crimson had a, a few different articles and, and essays over the past couple of weeks 
it, which was really bizarre. It was a, a way to explain the hatred of Jews at Harvard. Here's the New York Times. Harvard president faces new, oh, that's from the plagiarism accusations. Hang on. A Harvard president, Claudine Gay resigns, shortest tenure in university history. This is from the Harvard Crimson. Harvard president Claudine Gay will resign Tuesday afternoon, bringing an end to the shortest presidency in the university's history, according to a person with knowledge of the decision. It is not clear who will be appointed to serve as interim president. University spokesperson Jonathan L. Swain declined to comment on Gay's decision to step down. Gay's resignation just six months and two days into the presidency comes amid growing allegations of plagiarism and lasting doubts over her ability to respond to anti-Semitism on campus after her disastrous congressional testimony on December the 5th. Gay weathered scandal after scandal over her brief tenure, facing national backlash for her administration's response to Hamas's October 7th attack and allegations of plagiarism in her scholarly work. The corporation, which is the university's highest government body, uh, is expected to announce the resignation to Harvard affiliates in an email later today. Gay is also expected to make a statement about the decision. The announcement comes three weeks after the corporation announced unanimous support for Gay after extensive deliberations following the congressional hearing. So one of two things happened. Either they were finally fed up with the backlash and they lost enough money and they had enough Jewish alumni pull their support and openly bash them and talk about all the anti-Semitism that's been running rampant, or the plagiarism just became too much. Which, I'm going to be honest with you, when, it, when you look at the elitists at Harvard, I think it may have had to do with the plagiarism. Because the elitists at Harvard believe they're better than everybody. They believe they're better than everybody. They believe they're smarter than everybody. They believe they're better than Congress. And they're not going to let some dumb Congress people, in their mind, let them uh, tell them who should be in charge of their school. If they want, if they want an anti-Semitic, gay, lesbian woman to be in charge of one of the most prestigious and oldest universities in this country, that's their decision, not Elise Stefanik's decision. They're not going to let the, uh, the committees in Congress dictate who leads their organization because Harvard has been around longer than Congress. And people at Harvard believe they know better than anybody else in the country. They have such, they have such a vast network of alum. They have so much money. They have, one, they have a larger economy than most countries. They have so much in their coffers, but eventually enough is enough. And I think that it wasn't necessarily the anti-Semitism. I think it may have been the plagiarism. Because if there's one thing Harvard cannot stand, it's somebody who is not as scholarly and academic as they claim. If there's one thing Harvard can't stand, it's a, it's, it's a phony. They don't care if you're an anti-Semite. They don't care if you're a bigot. They don't care if you look down on people as long as you have the credentials. But once you get caught plagiarizing, once you get caught with some kind of scandal that, that brings into question your status, as an elite academic, well, that's when I think Harvard, that's when I think they really decided they had to pull the plug. Uh, the, another story that came out yesterday is the Harvard Crimson Student Newspaper. Uh, they published a series of essays. This is from Breitbart, offering a set of different perspectives on anti-Semitism at the university. Uh, it, what Basically, what happened was, in the brink of this horrible reaction, the, the on-campus protests to, uh, to Israel, the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, uh, groupings on campus who overtook the quad, the the terrorism and the uh, and the bullying of of Jewish students at Harvard, and of course the horrible testimony December fifth of Claudine Gay when she went to testify in front of Congress. All of that brought up on uh, in the Crimson this series of articles which were designed to explain basically 
hatred of Jews and in what circumstances it was okay. That's kind of the that's kind of the the boiled down version of of what they they're offering different perspectives on anti-Semitism. Now, there should be only one perspective on anti-Semitism, and that is it's bad. But you know, this is Harvard we're talking about again, and they're they have a different take. Uh, the Harvard Crimson, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Eric A. Colomy and Isaac Manzel, both Harvard students, wrote in the disturbing denial of Jewish grief uh, the following passage. The very format of the package of op-eds to which this article belongs begs our examination. Right off the bat, they're saying the fact that we even have to write this article, the fact that there's a grouping of article with different ideas of how anti-Semitism should be approached on campus, is the, it's the whole root of the problem. I, Isaac, am a proud member of the editorial board. When it comes to the board's track record of tackling bigotry, their first reaction tends to be exactly that. Tackling said bigotry. Regarding anti-Semitism, their response has deviated significantly from the norm. They have decided to gather a wide range of perspectives from various corners of the Jewish community, taking a far more skeptical approach than we believe the issue merits. We cannot find a similar treatment with multiple authors dissecting exactly what constitutes hate for any other form of hate in the Crimson in recent history, indicating that the conversation surrounding anti-Semitism has become much more equivocal than it ought to be. So basically, these two Jewish guys who are on the editorial board at Harvard are saying, look, we've been on the editorial board here at Harvard for the Crimson for a long time. If there was bigotry toward African-American students, we just wrote about how bigotry toward African-American students was bad and should be stopped. If there was bigotry toward Asian students or Latino students or anyone else, we just wrote about how it should be stopped. Muslim students, we had their backs. LGBTQ plus community, forget about it. There would, we would write article after article about how LGBTQ plus hatred was bad and must be stopped. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, all of a sudden, they take a different tact and they start to bring in experts on different sides of the issue as to, as to suggest that hating Jews has a good and a bad side. If you have different experts explaining it in different ways, you're saying it's not nearly as bad as bigotry against any other group. What is it about the Jewish community at Harvard that makes Harvard so, yeah, you know, kind of kind of come see, come saw about the actual events going on on their campus. It's something I think that, uh, it's something I think that is going to be the downfall of the, of the university as a whole. Moreover, there has been a broader, equally disturbing dialogue attempting to dictate the bounds of Jewish feelings. Whenever university president Claudine Gay takes a step to reckon with anti-Semitism on campus, students turn to social media to deny the presence of said Anti-Semitism. You know, this is so. This reminds me a lot of what happens when uh, people say you've been mis you've misgendered me, and you go, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, now all of a sudden you go on. If you go on social media and say you're a boy or a girl at birth, you're a man or a woman. There's no in between. All of a sudden you are the problem. But if you're at Harvard and you say, you know what, anti-Semitism. There's two different sides to every story. Um, you'll probably graduate cum laude. 855-940-MARK is our number. Anyway, that's some breaking news coming out of Harvard. Coming up here in just a little while, uh, a few more minutes away, we've got the MAGA match game with President Trump himself, sort of, uh, artificially generated. And uh, we've got our very first Mark K. Show prize pack of the year, which we're going to give away to the winner of said MAGA match game. 855-940-MARK, if you're interested in playing, 855-940-6275. Uh, we'll get some of your phone calls and open mic messages here in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. More Mark K Show next.
Show. My name is Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number. Real quick, let's go to Anthony. He's been uh, holding in Kentucky. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K. Show. Man, Mark, uh, Happy New Year, man. To you and the crew, always doing a great job. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Happy New Year to you as well. Yes, sir. So listen, I know this is going to be a, a pivotal year. We mm. always say it's every year is a pivotal year when it comes down to elections. Sure, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's going. But this definitely is. Uh, despite the amount of persecution that Trump has been going through, he definitely, I'm, I'm African-American, mm -hmm. as they say, but I consider myself American. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand, when you start putting African-American, Italian-American, Black-American, you start really limiting yourself. Yeah. We're all Americans. Right. And I'm a patriot. And I will tell you something. I was glad. I was really sad when Trump lost that election. I truly was. Mm -hmm. My whole family voted for him. Mm -hmm. My uncle actually did the prayer at his inauguration. Oh, wow. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Bishop Wayne T. Jackson. He was the one who uh, was one of the preachers up there that led the prayer for him. But here's the key is. I will tell you this year, they're going to come up with all kinds of excuses, yeah. all kinds of wars to not have this election go right. But I believe that President Trump is going to have a second term, whether they like it or not. And one more thing, I, I, I know we don't have limited time, but I, I don't know if you brought up the case about uh, Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, mm. submitting fake documents, um, AI generated three law cases that he knew was fake. So I'll I mean, leave they, you with that. They brought up an entire impeachment against Donald Trump that they knew was fake. That's a, I mean, we're, we, they created an entire steel dossier to get a FISA warrant so that they could spy on Donald Trump. They knew the whole thing was fake. The truth is not big on the Democrats. Anthony, by the way, first of all, thanks so much for calling and thanks for making such great points and, uh, and prayers for you and your entire family. There is a new narrative that they have um, that they're feeding to young people. And I've heard it multiple times over the past couple of weeks. I heard it multiple times over the break. And it's interesting to me. I don't know exactly where they're putting it. I don't know how they're seeding this. I don't know if it's on TikTok or some other, you know, Insta social media network, but it's it's their new tact to try and sway young people away from Donald Trump. And I'll tell you what that is after the MAGA match game, which we need two contestants for. If you'd like to play 855-940-MARK, quick break. We will be right back. Where entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it! This is the Mark K Show. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. But I've been <laughs> pasta, which I love. Yeah. Eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. Where is he? Hanging out at Chris Christie's house? <laughs> Joe Biden and Chris Christie hanging out uh, over the holidays, eating uh, everything. That, I've been eating everything they put in front of me. Spaghetti and pasta and Parmesan and, oh, lots of chocolate. Lots of chocolate chip ice cream. 855-94-OMAR. I don't want to hear anyone say anything negative about Donald Trump's diet ever again. 855-94-OMAR. And speaking of uh, Donald Trump's diet, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to... Uh, uh, we're going to get to the MAGA match game here in just a minute. But first, I want to chat with Tim. Uh, Tim's in Lima, Ohio. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great today, Mark. Oh, good. Happy New Year, Tim. What's on your mind, sir? What did you want to Thank say? You. Well, you know, I've I've listened to uh, 
first of all, I love Donald Trump, and I really want him to become president again, but I think he kind of shot himself in the foot um, by saying he's gonna, we're going to see mass de- deportations. If he, when he becomes president again, he's going to start doing these mass deportations of illegal immigrants. Yeah. Or, you know, and I'm saying to myself, you know, well, a lot of these people, I'm sure that some of the states are going to let a lot of illegals cast their votes, and a lot of illegals do have relatives here in the country. Um, and of course they don't want their relatives, they don't want to, to see their relatives deported back to Mexico. So they're not going to vote for Trump where he should have done is he should have said, look, you know, we'll, we'll try to work with you guys. Uh, when I'm elected again, we'll try to work with you guys, find a way to free you to become legal citizens and, you know, we'll work with you. But hmm. I think his rhetoric was a little bit harmful. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm not an illegal immigrant. My family are not illegal immigrants, but I would, you know, I wouldn't, I would still vote for Trump if he threatened to deport some of them. <laughs> but that's just, that's just me. I listen, I don't think that Donald Trump, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. On the contrary, I believe that a strong stance on national security, a strong stance on immigration and the border is what's going to help Donald Trump win some of these districts and some of these areas where he may not be leading. Uh, for example, Donald Trump just announced that he's going to make a play for some traditionally blue states, and he's going to campaign in places where, let's face it, Republicans don't really campaign. He's going to be campaigning in uh, Virginia, which is somewhat blue, but could could be potentially a purple or red state. He's going to be campaigning in New Jersey, Minnesota, which is also on the cusp of always becoming red, New Mexico, and even New York. Even Keep in mind, remember in the last election, Lee Zeldin, he didn't win, but he got a lot of votes. Uh, we had a lot of Congress people from New York who came out um, that in one district said no one thought they were going to believe. Donald Trump said he may even rent out Madison Square Gardens. One of the things I'm going to do, and I may be foolish in doing it, he said, is I'm going to make a heavy play for New York, heavy play for New Jersey. I may even rent out Madison Square Garden and do a rally right in the center of New York. Uh, Donald Trump believes that the momentum is on his side. And when you look at what's happening with illegal immigrants, we played this clip earlier. I'll play it for you again. Maybe you missed it. Uh, this is a this is the Democrat mayor of Edison, New Jersey, turning away illegal immigrants. Edison Township police officers did not know if any of those 40 individuals were carrying weapons. They couldn't be identified. And that is a major problem. That's a major security risk. It's a health risk. And we're just not going to tolerate that. The voting base of Americans, Latino Americans, African Americans, young Americans, old Americans, is fed up of the danger and the drugs and the crime and the dilapidation and the homelessness that comes with illegal immigration at the mass scale that we've seen. They're fed up with it. And I don't believe that there's that many people here in the United States who are voting citizens that have family members who are illegal aliens uh, that they're afraid are going to get deported if Donald Trump becomes president. Had Donald Trump done what, did what you suggested, Tim, and said, hey, you know what, we'll let him stay and we'll figure out a way, a pathway for them to become citizens, he would have lost the election, in my humble opinion. That would have been the nail in his claw. He wouldn't have even had to run anymore. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, one of them would have gotten the nomination. Because no conservative, no Republican could ever say, you know what, let's just let him stay here, even though they broke the law knowingly uh, with the help of the Democrats and the president of the United States. And uh, we'll just find a, a path. We'll just grant them amnesty down the road. That's a that's not something that Donald Trump would ever do, nor would any Republican who wants to win do. In my humble opinion, 855-940-MARK is our number. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Tim. We appreciate it. And again, Happy New Year. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for one of our favorite games in the entire world. 
something we like to call the Mega Match Game. There we go. That's fantastic. Here we go. Alright, here's how this game works. We have a, a couple of contestants on the line. Uh, first up uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma is Betty. Hi, Betty. How are you? Happy New Year to you and yours. Oh. And of course, and her baby and husband as well. Oh, great. Betty, are you on some kind of Bluetooth or speakerphone device? You know what? I am on speaker, but I did was smart enough to take off the Bluetooth. Let okay. me get you off. Here, right? Yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need you to talk to us through the handset. It's just a quality issue, and you're gonna be playing against Bill in Sanford. What's up, Bill? How you doing? Hey, Chief. Happy Trump New New Year. Yeah, happy Trump New Year. <laughs> happy Trump New Year. I like that. That's very good. Uh, all right, Bill, Betty, Betty, Bill. You're familiar with the match game, I hope. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read you some statements. There'll be a blank in each statement, and our mega match game celebrities will both fill in the blanks. If you can match with uh, and one or either of them, you'll get an, an, a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins a Mark K Show prize pack, including a Mark K Show beanie. How exciting is that? Sounds awesome to me. My grandson is into beanies. Oh, good. Your grandson's going to have the, one of the best beanies around if you win, Betty. Uh, all right. So uh, let's, here, let's before we get into it, let's meet our uh, MAGA Match Game celebrity, shall we? Mm -hmm. now, first up, ladies, now, first up, ladies, you, know, you may have seen him on Newsmax television. You may have heard him on the Mark K show. He's also the host of Mark K Saves the Republic. Please give it up for Mark K. Yeah. Oh, I love the enthusiasm. I really do. And uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, our next Mega Match Game celebrity, the one, the only. He's going to be on the ballot in the majority of states this year and hopefully back in the White House uh, in 2025. Please, a big Marcasia welcome for President Donald Trump. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great year. A great year. And I'm so happy yeah. to be kicking it off on your great show. Oh, thank you. We're going to win a lot this year. We're going to win this game. Let's go, Trump. We're going to win in the primaries. And we're going to win in November. Win, win, win. Yeah, win, win, win. That's a great, that's fantastic. Yay, yay, yay. Once again, Betty and Bill, here's what we're going to do. Like I said, we're going to go one at a time. I'm going to read you the clue. Now, there's going to be a blank that you need to fill in. Don't yell out your answers immediately because you need to give us some time to write down our answers. And then we'll see if we can, uh, if we can match up. You guys got it? Yes, I do. All right, perfect, perfect. Here we go. Betty, we're going to start with you. Listen carefully. Here's your first one, okay? Thank you. All right. Joe Biden is so excited for the coming year. He shouldn't be excited. It's going to be a bad year for him. Very bad. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, but he's still he's so excited because his New Year's resolution is to blank in 2024. Don't answer yet, Betty. Give us a minute to write down our answers here. Joe Biden is so excited for the coming year. He's so excited because his New Year's resolution is to blank in 2024. 24. All right. All right. President Trump, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Let's go. Okay, good. Uh, Betty, are you ready? Oh, my Lord. Yes. All right. Here we go. Uh, Joe Biden is excited for the coming year. He's so excited because his New Year's resolution is to blank in 2024. What do you think? Oh, is this my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. To... Yeah. Fill in the blank there. Okay. Oh, Lord. There's so many options. Um, I'm going to say die. <laughs> His New Year's resolution is to die in 2024. All right. That uh, would be exciting, right? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe not for him. Uh, President Trump, well, what, did, what did you say? Lose. Oh. He is going to lose in 2024. Big mm -hmm. time. Big time loser. Yeah. Uh, no match option. there. 
I also said lose. So, oh, yeah, that's all right though. It's well, still, dying. He's going to lose if he dies. Well, he would lose his life. Yeah, but we were, we were. I think it was more. I was talking about the election. I don't know about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all right, Betty. It was very gruesome first round, but that's okay. We'll see. We'll see if you can uh, do better in the second round. Bill, are you ready for your first one? Yes, I am, Chief. Here we go. Listen carefully. Uh, don't fill in the blank. Give us a chance to write down our answers. Chris Christie has a weird holiday tradition. Everything about Chris Christie is weird, if you ask me. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, at midnight on New Year's Eve, instead of watching the ball drop in New York City, he stands in front of a mirror and watches his blank drop instead. Okay, don't... Let me write something down here. Uh, Chris Christie has a weird holiday tradition. Uh, at midnight on New Year's Eve, instead of watching the ball drop in New York City, he stands in front of a mirror and watches his blank drop instead. Looks like President Trump's ready to go. Yes, I am. Okay, good. Uh, what do you think, Bill? What fills in that blank? Chris Christie has a weird holiday tradition. At midnight on New Year's Eve, instead of watching the ball drop in New York City, he stands in front of a mirror and watches his blank drop instead. His belly. His belly. <laughs> uh, President Trump, what did you say? Poll numbers drop. Oh. They drop so far and so fast <laughs> like a rock. Yeah, his, his poll numbers, no match there. I, however, said gut, which I believe constitutes, <laughs> that constitutes a match. Nicely done, Bill. You are on the board. Very well done. Yay, Bill. Oh, thanks, Chief. Yeah, very well done. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> here we go, Betty. Back to you. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Kamala Harris is so, yeah. Kamala Harris is so annoying. How annoying is she? How annoying is she? Oh, thank you. I, yeah, she's so annoying. She's so annoying that her husband Doug Emhoff gave her a blank for Christmas. So hold on. Let me. I'm going to write down my answer. I see President Trump is writing down his answer. It looks like uh, President Trump, you all done there? I am ready. Let's go. All right, let's go. Here we go. Uh, what do you think, Betty? Kamala Harris is so annoying. She's so annoying that her husband, Doug Emhoff, gave her a blank for Christmas. A muzzle. <laughs> a muzzle. A muzzle. A muzzle. Yeah, a muzzle. Mm -hmm. I, like, I like that one. Uh, President Trump, what did you say? Muzzle. To keep her muzzle and quiet. And stop all that horrible cackling. She cackles it so bad. Oh, yeah, it's a man. Good job, man. Yes. Yeah, muzzle. That's exactly right. I said a divorce, which uh, would be, uh, but you know, they're Talk not, about morbid. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not, I mean, no one died in my answer. I'm just saying. But, uh, but no, she would, well. never, she would never do it. She loves her husband. Hey, listen, let me just, I want to, I'm going to talk about my husband for a second. My husband. I love my husband. Yeah. Uh, all right, there we go. It's all tied up one to one. Good job so far. Bill, are you ready for your next one? I'm ready, Chief. All right, here we go, Bill. Listen carefully. Uh, Donald Trump had such a fantastic party at Mar-a-Lago this year. Wait, hold on. I really did. It was a fantastic party. Everybody said so. You should have been there. No, I wasn't. I wasn't actually. I wasn't actually invited. So anyway, uh, there was live music and champagne and dancing, and every guest who attended got a free blank on their way out. Okay. All right. All right. I got my answer written down. President Trump looks like he's ready. What do you think, Bill? Donald Trump had such a fantastic party at Mar-a-Lago. There was live music and champagne and dancing, and every guest got a free blank on their way out. Great. Um, uh, make America great a hat. Make America great again hat. 
All right, Donald Trump, what did you say? Mail-in ballot. Everyone got a free mail-in ballot. That's what the Democrats do. That's yeah. how they cheat. They give out mail-in ballots to everyone, whether they want one or not. Yeah, I know. That is true. That's, that's a great. You go to Mar-a-Lago, get a free mail. I actually said MAGA hat. So there you go. Look at that. We got a match. That's okay. Listen, Betty, you can tie it up right here. You can, okay. tie, you can tie it up right here. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Bill Clinton is so nervous about the Jeffrey Epstein logs being released. He should be nervous because he's all over them. If you knew what I knew. Yeah. Oh, boy, I tell you what. Oh, yeah, no, don't tell us. Yeah. Uh, he's so nervous about the Epstein logs being released. He's so nervous he can't even bring himself to blank. Give us a second. <laughs> give, give us a second. Wow. Hey, well, hold on. Wait, uh, uh, all right. I'm just going to I'm just going to go with my gut here. Here we go. All right. Betty, hold on. Uh, President Trump, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Betty, uh, here we go. Bill Clinton is so nervous about the Epstein logs being released. He's so nervous he can't even bring himself to blank. Oh, my Lord. Smoke a cigar. <laughs> Smoke a cigar. Is that a euphemism or is okay. Uh, let's see what Donald Trump, President Trump, what did you say? Bill Clinton is so nervous about the Epstein logs, he can't even bring himself to what? Sleep with interns. He likes to sleep with interns. He can't do it. I'm going to, I'll tell you, I'll, that's a match. I'll, I'll give you. Yeah, I just, I just, I just said do it, which I figured, you know, is one of his favorite activities, which means, all right, Bill, we're all tied up going into the final round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, listen carefully. Here we go. Libby, the left-wing lunatic, had a strange way of ringing in the new year. Libby, the left-wing lunatic, had a strange way of ringing in the new year. How crazy is that lunatic left-wing liberal? Yeah. Uh, instead of kissing her boyfriend at midnight, she blanked him instead. <laughs> hold on, let me write down, write down my answer. Here we go. Uh, okay, I, I, hold on. I'm I, Donald Trump is ready. He writes a lot faster than I did. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Bill, are you ready? Yes, I am. Libby, the left-wing lunatic, had a strange way of ringing in the new year. Instead of kissing her boyfriend at midnight, she blanked him instead. What do you think? Shook his hand. Shook his hand. <laughs> President Trump, what did you say? I think she changed his gender. Oh. Made him a girlfriend <laughs> instead of a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said she protested him, which is what left-wing lunatics like to do, which means with a score of two to two... We have a tie ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Yay! Nicely done. That means way to go, Betty. Betty, Bill, you both thank get. Thank you, Bill. You both get some thank prize you. packs, and uh, we get to say goodbye to President Trump. Thank you again. Always a pleasure. Being on your show is thank almost you, as much Trump. fun as winning the election, which we election to do. By the way, yeah. next year I will be celebrating New Year's in the White House. Oh, good. With any luck, you can clear Secret Service protocol and join the party. Oh, yay! But I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. Listen, we got to take a quick break. More Marque Show is on the way. Don't go anywhere, folks. Stay right where you are. We will be right back. This is the Marque Show. My name is Marque. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940. By the way, uh, President Trump had a joke we forgot to let him tell uh, earlier about New Year's. I was at the jewelry store. Why were you at the jewelry store for New Year's, President Trump? I wanted to ring in the new year. Yeah, that was a good... <laughs> 
<laughs> Next time, we'll, we'll have him do a little stand-up. 855-940-MARK is our number. Also, Mickey Mouse, the original Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain, and they've already released a released a teaser trailer. A company is doing a uh, a horror film version um, of, uh, of a, it's like a Mickey Mouse horror film. Um, and it's, you know, it's, now that it's in the public domain, we might have to start using Mickey Mouse uh, during our that would, that would be a lot of fun, especially with all of the hubbub here in Florida between Ron DeSantis and Disney. We could have some pretty fun. We have some pretty fun uh, times with Mickey Mouse and Donald Trump and uh, maybe even the governor. Maybe we'll branch out in the new year when we play MAGA match game with some other characters. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. All right, coming up, I promise to tell you what happened with Maine and the Secretary of State and what she did to Donald Trump over the past a couple of weeks and the new there's like a new narrative that they're using to convince young people that Donald Trump is bad and it's not based on facts at all because well there aren't any facts that prove that Donald Trump is bad we'll tell you what that is here in just a minute don't go anywhere more Mark K show is coming up right after this where entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it! This is the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-627. And we are back. We are live. It's a new year. There's so much going on. And we are, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming, which means tomorrow is whatever you want Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we'll have some what the bleep. We're going to do a little conspiracy theory Thursday. And on Friday, man, I can't believe it's only, a, it's a four-day week, which means it's going to seem really, really short. Uh, but, we, you know, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to muster up some weekend review trivia and we'll get everything you need to know uh, so that you can continue to be part of the uh, program and show your true colors as a Catriot in good standing. 855-940-MARK is our number. Right now, though, a couple things that have been going on. First of all, in Maine, uh, last week, I think it was Friday. I think it was maybe it been Friday of last week. Uh, there's a woman in Maine. She's the Secretary of State, and her name is uh, Bellows. Her name is Shenna Bellows. She's the Secretary of State, and she unilaterally kicked Donald Trump off of the ballot in Maine. Now, this is this is like the new hotness. This was the way all the states wanted to go out in 2023. They wanted to really flex their muscles against Donald Trump, and they wanted to make some kind of maneuvers. Uh, in Colorado, you remember the state Supreme Court um, in Colorado, what they did was they announced that they were going to kick Donald Trump off the ballot in a 4-3 decision, and uh, that immediately um, went to the Supreme Court under appeal, which put Donald Trump back on the ballot. But they cited the 14th Amendment. Uh, they cited the insurrection clause. And even though Donald Trump has never been accused or charged or found guilty of or convicted of insurrection in any way, shape or form, eh, they said, you know what, we're just going to. We're just going to kick him off the ballot anyway, and we're going to just unilaterally say he's an insurrectionist. Uh, incidentally, yesterday, somebody broke into the Colorado Supreme Court building, fired some shots, held a guard at gunpoint. Um, again, I'm not saying that I'm not saying there's a correlation between the two things, but, you know, there may the, the Democrats will make you believe that there's a correlation uh, between the two. Then in Maine. A woman, as I said before, who is the Secretary of State, has the power and apparently took the power upon herself to unilaterally remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Uh, her Again, Maine Secretary of State, Shenna Bellows, who is a Democrat, 
Um, she says that she removed Donald Trump from the ballot because it was her constitutional duty to do so. In fact, we have that, uh, we have that, where is it? Oh, we have it right here. My duty under the Constitution and Maine law is to review the facts and issue determination. And my political affiliation, my personal views of January 6, 2021, had no bearing on my decision. My decision was based on the facts, the law, and the Constitution presented to me in this hearing under Maine law. All right, so she says that her she her personal feelings, her political uh, affiliations, they had no bearing on her decision to take Donald Trump off of the ballot in Maine. It was strictly based on the facts. The facts. Well, the facts are that Donald Trump has committed no crime. Donald Trump has been charged with no crime of insurrection, charged with no crime of rebellion against the United States of America. He's been found guilty of nothing in Maine or anywhere else for that matter. Um, so I'm not sure what facts she's referring to, which then made me believe, oh, you know what? She just is confused as to what facts mean. She under she believes that opinions equate to be facts and facts equate to be opinions. And that's a typical Democrat. That's a typical uh, Democrat play. That's kind of that's one of the biggest problems with the Democrat Party. There's a lot of problems with the Democrat Party, the hatred of the Constitution, the lack of understanding of the Constitution, uh, you know, their love of socialism and communism, their hatred of, of liberty and freedom. All of those things are, are big problems with the Democrat Party. But they, you know, I think really one of the biggest issues is they don't understand the, the difference between facts and opinions. When when somebody on the right makes an opinion, they get fact checked by some liberal uh, who hides behind, you know, one of these blog posts, Media Matters or whatnot, PolitiFact, all of these liberal organizations, which are liberal think tanks, which are paid by Facebook to go and, and, and try to shut down conservative voices on social media under the guise of fact checking. And you can have an opinion that there was election interference. You could have an opinion that the Democrats cheated in the election and you'll get censored because uh, the fact checkers tell you, no, 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 your opinion is wrong. They're unable or unwilling to determine the difference between the two. In this case, uh, Shanna Bellows believes that her opinion that Donald Trump caused an insurrection or led to an insurrection or was the, the ringleader of an insurrection is enough to keep him off the ballot when the fact is Donald Trump is not an insurrectionist. Nobody has ever charged or proven that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist or had anything to do with the insurrection. Yet that's not going to she's not going to let the facts get in the way of her job. And her job as a Democrat is to try to help stop Donald Trump. In Colorado, they needed the Supreme Court to do it. In Maine, they just needed the Secretary of State. And gee, isn't it just convenient that she happens to be a Democrat and that she can do this unilaterally? Uh, there's already legislation in place to remove her from her office. Uh, I imagine this, too, will end up at the Supreme Court, although it'll probably fall under the Colorado decision. And if the Supreme Court rules that Donald Trump needs to be on the ballot in Colorado, it will hold up in every other state and she'll be forced to eat crow uh, and look like a bigger idiot. Now, nobody went to the Secretary of State's office and held a guard at gunpoint. However, her home, she says, was swatted. Maine Secretary of State uh, Shenna Bellows, according to the Washington Times, said on her Facebook page, uh, her home was swatted. No one, including her, was at the residence. She said that her office has received uh, several escalating threats because she decided to remove former President Trump from the state's primary ballot last week. The nonstop threatening communications the people who work for me endured all day yesterday is unacceptable. It's designed to scare not only me, but others into silence, to send a message. I'm so grateful to have such an amazing team of employees at the Department of Secretary of State. 
Uh, swatting is when somebody calls the SWAT team and says, there's been a murder or a stabbing or shots fired at this person's house. If you want to know all about swatting, you can ask Marjorie Taylor Greene about it. She's been swatted, what, eight times now? Usually during major holidays, the police having to respond to every single call they get, the SWAT team having to re respond to every single call that they receive, they go to her house, they knock on the door, they make sure everyone's okay, and then they leave. You can talk to our buddy Cat Turd. Cat Turd gets swatted almost every other week as well. It's something the Democrats have been doing for years. Now, all of a sudden, the main Secretary of State is getting swatted, and she's just beside herself. She can't believe that she's getting these threats and that she's trying to be silenced for doing something illegal and immoral and unconstitutional, a.k.a. her job as a Democrat Secretary of State. But this is something that goes, it, it's permeating the culture. We had a woman call here last week named Christy. And she went into a diatribe about how she's a Republican, but she just doesn't like Donald Trump, can't stand Donald Trump, won't support Donald Trump. A myriad of really, really ridiculous reasons. But then, I, you know, one of them was January 6th. And she contended that Donald Trump was responsible for January 6th. She's a little difficult to understand. We're not really sure why, but here's a little clip of it. No, what I'm saying is, I don't understand how what he said that day as far as we just, you know, I set the beat and we're going to go down there and we're going to know we're not accepting the beat. No one in the, the crowd that was there. Okay, so she contended after I debated with her a little bit that Donald Trump never said, Go, I, her words were, Donald Trump told them to go down there and noose Nancy Pelosi, which is just fabric. That's just false. That never happened. Donald Trump never said that. Nobody as far as, also noose, that's not, it's not a verb. It's, that's a noun. So you would, Donald Trump would never say go down there and noose anybody because uh, he understands the proper use of English. Um, but anyway, she said, look, he, he said that. And I said, no, he didn't. She goes, well, he didn't say that. He said, go down there and peacefully and patriotically make your voices be heard. But he knew the crowd he was talking to. No, what I'm saying is, I don't understand how what he said that day as far as we just, you know, I accept the beat and we're going to go down there and we're going to know we're not accepting the beat. No one in the, the crowd that was there. So what she's suggesting is Donald Trump did not get up there and say in using words go down to the Capitol building and start an insurrection. He didn't say in words. He didn't stand up there at the podium and say, go down there and start breaking stuff. He didn't say, go down there and smash windows and noose Nancy Pelosi and threaten Mike Pence. He didn't say any of that. But when he said peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, he knew exactly the crowd he was dealing with. And he knew exactly how that crowd was reacting, would react to that. And Donald Trump, therefore, by saying the opposite of what actually he wanted to happen, caused the insurrection to happen on January 6th. That's her take. And unfortunately, she's not alone in that. That's being parroted far and wide. I was at a uh, football game over the weekend, and one of my wife's friends was there, and they brought uh, she brought her family. And one of the kids asked me a question about the primary and said, you know, look, I, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. I would never vote for Joe Biden, but I, I want to vote for somebody else in the primary because I don't like Donald Trump. And I said, what don't you like about Donald Trump? And they said, the whole January 6th thing. And I said, what about it? And they said, well, you know, he caused an insurrection at the Capitol. And I pointed out the exact same thing. He never said anything of the sort. He never caught, he never planned an insurrection, never told anyone to go in there. The, the police officers opened the doors for folks wandering around, brought the QAnon shaman right into the Senate chambers where they all prayed together. They opened door. We've seen the footage. We know what happened. And she said, well, I know, but he knew what those people were going to do. So 
I don't know where this information is coming from. I don't know where this narrative has, has originated. But the left has decided now that because they have no proof that Donald Trump started an insurrection, because he never said anything like go down there and start an insurrection, overthrow the government, it's forcefully take over the House of Representatives, stop the ballot, uh, the, uh, the um, electoral vote registration in any way, shape, or form that you can, because he didn't say anything of the kind. The new narrative is he didn't have to say anything because he knew the crowd he was talking to. And the crowd he was talking to is you. The crowd he was talking to is me. The crowd he was talking to were the 75 million people who voted. The Democrats are now trying to convince young people and Christie and everyone else that Donald Trump didn't have to say, go and cause an insurrection because those rapscallion, deplorable Republicans that he was talking to, they knew, they already knew what he wanted them to do. Those worker bees, those ants, those drones just mindlessly wandering around the Capitol. They were just waiting for Don Donald Trump could have said anything. Donald Trump could have said, go and get yourself a Philly cheesesteak. He could have said, go get a chili uh, dog at Ben's Chili Bowl, a Washington, D.C. iconic uh, eatery. He could have said that and they would have gone to the Capitol and wrecked the place because he knew how they would react. Those, those dastardly Republicans, they were just ready. They, Donald Trump could have said, go home and don't do anything, and they would have gone to the Capitol. And had that happened, you would have Democrats out there on TikTok, on Instagram, on wherever they are, telling young people and telling Christie and telling everybody else, oh, Donald Trump said, go home and don't do anything. Donald Trump said, go home and let this play through in the court system. But what he meant was, go down there and start breaking stuff. And, they, and that crowd of people knew exactly what he meant, and so they did it. Again, real, real problem between fact and fiction in the Democrat Party. 855-940-MARK is our number. Eight five, could be the drugs. No, what I'm saying is I don't understand how what he said that day as far as we just, you know, I accept the beat, and we're going to go down there, and we're going to let know we're not accepting the beat, knowing the, the crowd that was there. No, 855-940-MARK. By the way, if you want to hear the whole conversation, I posted that. Uh, I posted my entire conversation with Chris. It's about five minutes long. It's very entertaining. Uh, she made some other very interesting points. That's posted on our YouTube channel. Go to uh, Mark K on YouTube. The uh, The title of the video is Boom Hauer Hates Trump. You just go there and you can enjoy that on your own time. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Listen, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, more Mark K Show is coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. I was just watching video of uh, Governor Ron DeSantis wandering through a sports bar yesterday in... <laughs> in Iowa during the Michigan game looking for people to talk to and it didn't seem like anybody really didn't seem like anybody really cared uh that he was there which is you know you know look yeah there was a game going it was a big game it was Michigan playing Alabama it's a big game um it went into overtime I can imagine that maybe people had some other things on their plate that they were interested probably there were some buffalo wings and beer uh but he wanders no one's really no one's really excited. Listen, 2024 is another important year for people, especially here in Florida. It's the year that we get our governor back. And we're all really excited about that because we love our governor. Uh, we just love him more as a governor than as a as a third place uh, candidate for, well, uh, the Republican primary. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Real quick, Anthony in Jacksonville uh, had something he wanted to say about 
something. Anthony, how are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Happy New Year. Uh, very good. I'm doing fine. How you doing, Mark? Oh, doing great. What's in your mind, Anthony? What did you want to say? I want to say, uh, I recorded that day when it was the day, so I thought it was going to be something nice, you know, and uh, what Donald Trump said was, we're going to go down here and take our country back. And then I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. I don't know if your phone's inside your mouth or outside your mouth, but maybe uh, maybe pull it out and give us a buzz back. 855-940-MARK is our number, 855-940-6275. And look, I'll let you know, the narrative of Donald Trump and the insurrection is going to crumble the more the states um, that are trying to keep him off of the ballot fail. And for example, in Colorado, they tried to keep him off the ballot, but he's got to be back on while they wait for the Supreme Court to weigh in on the case. Uh, in places like Michigan and in places like New Hampshire and in places like Minnesota, they've already thrown the cases out because there's no proof that Donald Trump did anything wrong. And so that's a that's not a that's not an argument I think that anybody should want to take. Jamie Raskin, who you may remember from Maryland, he had uh, he's one of the he's one of the most liberal. Um, Democrats out there, he had cancer. He was wearing the little do-rag on his head for a while. Now he's better. He's got his hair back. Uh, but he was on one of the Sunday talk shows yesterday, and they asked him, I believe it was Meet the, I believe it was Face the Nation, and he asked them, uh, he was asked about whether or not Clarence Thomas should recuse himself from the, the uh, Supreme Court decision on Donald Trump. Listen to what he said. Anybody looking at this in any kind of dispassionate, reasonable way would say if your wife was involved in the big lie and claiming that Donald Trump had actually won the presidential election and been agitating for that and participating in the events leading up to January 6th, that you shouldn't be participating. So in, he should recuse himself. He should. Oh, he absolutely should recuse himself. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse mm -hmm. himself? The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse himself? What, what, I'm sorry, what does that mean? But if he doesn't recuse himself, he doesn't recuse himself. What do you think? What are you planning to do, Jamie Raskin? That would be the question. That would be the question I would ask. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Quick break, folks. More of the Mark K Show. It, oh, we got big Lauren Boebert news, too. That's on the way. Don't go anywhere. We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it! This is the Mark K Show. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We are so excited. I can't believe how quickly uh, this day has been flying by. Um, so much uh, so much has happened. We, we had somebody call up and say that uh, Claudine Gay from Harvard. Was, uh, we, yeah, we know we covered that earlier. If you missed any of the show, by the way, because, you know, a lot, this is the thing. When you have a three-hour show, we don't expect you to just sit down and listen to the whole thing. We'd love it if you did. But we know sometimes you have to come and go. Sometimes you're listening on your lunch break. Sometimes the boss walks into your office. You have to turn down your headphones real quick and pretend to be paying attention to them. We know we know all the tricks, um, but we do have we do podcast the entire show. So if you go to you know Spotify or if you go to Apple iTunes, whatever it is, you can listen to these shows over and over again. You can watch them on all of our our live streaming networks. We uh we record them and, and that kind of thing. We put them up. And then of course, if you want even more, download our Mark K Saves the Republic podcast, especially this year. 
because the Mark K Show Saves the Republic podcast is a podcast we do every morning. And it is, uh, it's it's really, you know, it's like a, a good precursor to the day. It kind of gets you amped up and ramped up and gives you the highlights. Um, and, it, you know, just like, like a little nugget form, not a full length three hour program where we go in depth into all of these fantastic things like the Epstein documents and, um, the Epstein documents and, and Bill Clinton, not where we go through all of these things like, you know, Green Day changing the lyrics on television, not where we go through all this other stuff about Donald Trump being removed from the ballot unconstitutionally, but, you know, just little tidbits. One thing that I did want to bring up, because this is a story, this is a story that has happened uh, in the past couple of weeks and is it's an interesting story to follow. It It's regarding Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert, um, you may know, is a... Is a <laughs> Well, she's a lot of things. She's a Republican uh, congresswoman, and she's from she's from uh, Colorado, and she's running for re-election, but she's switching. For the last two terms, she's been part of Colorado's third district, and in the past year or so, a lot has happened to her. First of all, she got a divorce. She also became a grandmother at the age of, was she 37, I think? Uh, you know, this is all fodder for the, the uh, liberal media. She also got into a big fight with her former BFF, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They used to sit together at the president's uh, speeches, at the, uh, the uh, State of the Union addresses, and just hurl insults at him and scream and yell all the time while they were wearing dresses that said drill, baby, drill, and whatnot. Um, well, over this past year, they got into a big fight on the on the floor of the House of Representatives, and Marjorie Taylor Greene called her a B-word. Um, then there was the whole incident of her at Beetlejuice, the musical, with her new beau, and they were not necessarily paying attention to the musical. They were paying more attention to each other's private parts, and there was some vaping, apparently, and yelling, and uh, she screamed and yelled at the manager as she was thrown out um, and shown the door. And all of these things have kind of added up to her looking at what was already a very difficult path to re-election and deeming it now almost impossible. The guy she ran against was a guy named Adam Frisch. And Adam Frisch only lost by about 500 or so votes in District 3 the last time around. Now, with all of this negative publicity and bad press and all of the other stuff, Lauren Boebert thought, you know what, maybe, maybe this isn't the best district for me anymore. Well, just down the road in District 4, a guy by the name of Ken Buck, who you may remember from the uh, from the back and forth during the Kevin McCarthy quitting, I'm sorry, Kevin McCarthy getting vacated and then trying to find a new speaker and then Kevin McCarthy quitting. That whole, that whole four-week debacle in the middle of the summer, uh, you may remember all of that. Ken Buck became one of the most prominent Republicans in the middle of that battle because he never really voted for the popular candidate and he was on all of the talk shows and people were wondering why Ken Buck was doing these things and we found out later because he had no intention of coming back he was vacating his own seat by his own accord and he's going off to i don't know work for cnn or work for some other private entity maybe become a lobbyist or whatnot um so his seat's up for grabs so lauren bobert looked at the political landscape and probably her team looked at the political landscape and they said look adam frisch is only 500 votes away you got into a fight with marjorie taylor green you got a divorce you're a grandma you went and got felt up by some dude at Beetlejuice. We've got video footage of it. You were vaping. All of these things. You know, he could probably muster up 500 votes. In addition to that, he's got a lot of money. In fact, he's got $10 million in his war chest. Because as Lauren Boebert told Steve Bannon, uh, Hollywood stars Ryan Reynolds and Barbara Streisand have donated massive amounts of money to Adam Frisch's campaign. So as a result, she's decided instead of running to be the representative in Colorado District 3, she's going to move. 
and she's going to run in District 4 for Ken Buck's open seat, which I don't think made Ken Buck that happy. But then again, who cares what the Bucky thinks because he's leaving. Uh, she said on Steve Bannon's podcast, we need a strong voice there. We have to shut down the Hollywood elites who are trying to buy my current district. There has been close to $10 million poured into this district to buy the seat. And Colorado's third district is not for sale. She announced her district switch last week, meaning she'll be avoiding a rematch with Fritch. She narrowly defeated him in by 546 votes. She said she repeatedly will not allow dark many to steal this seat. It's coming from Hollywood. When you have Barbara Streisand coming in and donating to the Democrat, when you have Ryan Reynolds coming in and donating to the Democrat, it shows you Hollywood is trying to buy their way into Congress. Uh, Ken, Buck is, Ken Buck's seat is available now that he announced his plans to not seek re-election next year. The switch opens up the GOP nomination for the state's third congressional district, giving the Republican candidate a stronger chance of defeating Frisch as Boebert has been riddled by controversies during her tenure. So this is a very interesting scenario that we have here. And I have to think to myself, maybe... Just maybe Lauren Boebert and her team didn't come up with this on their own. Maybe, just maybe, somebody in the Republican Party was doing their job for a change. And they realized that Lauren Boebert, while she is a trustworthy vote for an America First agenda, no matter what you might think of her in her personal life, uh, she, she's, she can always be trusted to vote the way that most conservatives and, and Tea Party conservatives and, and you know, uh, America First conservatives um, would vote. You know, the, the MAGA caucus, if you will, in the House of Representatives. So they don't necessarily want to lose her. Uh, so you move her to a more staunchly Republican district like Ken Buck's district, where there's an open seat. And then you can find somebody else to run against Adam Frisch, another conservative candidate, another Republican who's maybe not in the habit of getting divorced and, uh, you know, sexually copying a feel in uh, in various public places. So I think that that's actually an interesting, I think that that's in, an interesting play. And I'm just curious as to who came up with the idea. Not that I don't think Lauren Boebert could have come up with it herself. I'm just saying it seems like something that was well thought out by some kind of conservative. Now you could rate, retain both seats um, instead of potentially losing one to a Democrat when look, every seat is going to be tough to come by. Every seat is crucial. Every seat is crucial next year. Every seat is crucial right now, especially going into January, because you have a budget battle in the House of Representatives. Remember, the continuing res resolution uh, that Mike Johnson negotiated before the end of the year expires, and there something's going to have to happen. You're either going to have to have another continuing resolution, which I don't think anybody wants, or you're going to have to uh, start making some concessions. And nobody wants that either. Uh, there is a uh, there's a there was a um, article on Zero Hedge that I was looking at earlier today about how Ukraine comes into play when you're looking at the budget battle because there seems to be more and more uh, a a diminishing appetite a diminishing appetite for support for Ukraine and on Zero Hedge they wrote basically along the lines of where nobody really in the Republican Party is excited about spending more money in Ukraine because they believe that that has switched from an offensive battle to a defensive battle. And defensive battles are impossible to win. If you're constantly playing defense, you're not going to win. 
The offensive maneuvers that Ukraine and Zelensky have tried have failed. Russia and Vladimir Putin are just too strong for the country. And now they're in a defensive position where they're just trying to not give anything away. And that could result in an endless war, an endless war that a lot of Republicans aren't really interested in pursuing. And therefore, when you look at that, uh, you automatically have a problem going into this budget uh, resolution or the budget uh, battle because that's one of the proponents. That's one of the big tenants that, that the Democrats are fighting for. They want continued aid, continued aid for Ukraine. They want continued money for Israel. They want all of these wars to be funded because they're going to continue the narrative that if Vladimir Putin takes Ukraine, everybody else is next. Everyone else, there's going to be nothing left. If, uh, if Vladimir Putin gets his way. And that's something I think more and more is going to be a problem for the Democrats because the longer this goes on, and, and maybe this was another smart blow by Mike Johnson because if, if he'd argued this in November, he might've had to give a concession on Ukraine spending. But the more he pushed it off, the more money we send abroad, the more it may seem like he is indeed uh, waiting it out to find the votes to, to pass this budget without further funding Ukraine. That's something we're going to have to see because that's going to be happening on the 19th. Well, it's going to be happening as soon as they come back next week, but the, uh, the government could shut down on the 19th if there's no movement made by the, um, by the, uh, by the Congress. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275 uh, is our number. Something else that we're following along too is, you know, and, and the, the Harvard story is interesting. We're, we're still following the Epstein documents. We're still trying to see who's on the list, who's not on the list, who's a client, who's not. We know that Bill Clinton was on the list, but again, that's no, that's no shocker anyway. I mean, I, no one, no, everybody knew that Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein were thick as thieves. Um, so as we follow along with the names that are popping out, as we see what's happening, uh, you know, that's something we're going to be following. But the, the Harvard gay story with Claudine Gay resigning from Harvard you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, is it exciting? Sure. Does it seem like a big win? Okay. Is it the end of anti-Semitism on America's oldest campus? Absolutely not. Because remember, Harvard is just removing the current face of anti-Semitism in their university, and they're going to replace her with a new one. And they'll make sure that the new president doesn't go and say anything dumb in front of Congress. They'll make sure that the new president allows the pro-Palestinian group to continue uh, to continue to to do whatever they can to continue to to protest in the Harvard Square and make anti-Semitic remarks, and if there's bullying on campus, they may you know she may turn a blind eye or he may turn a blind eye, whoever it happens to be. Uh, there, this is just a way for them to replace her with another one of the same, another elite representative who's going to go in there and allow these terrible, horrible, no good things to happen. Um, so I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't get too excited about it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't start, you know, getting Harvard applications for your kids, uh, especially if you want them to remain decent human beings. 855-940-MARK is our number. Listen, we got to take a quick break. Uh, we got one more. We will try to uh, squeeze in as many of your phone calls here as we can in our last segment. Don't go anywhere. More Mark shows coming up right after this. <laughs> Show. My name is Mark K. 855 940 Mark is our number 855-940-6275. We got uh, Jim online in Palatka. Jim, hi, how are you? Thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, you also. Mark, okay. I got a question for you. A little bit ago, you said that um, Barbara Streisand and Ryan Reynolds gave massive amounts of money. The best I could discern and figure out online was they each gave somewhere between $500 and $1,500 apiece. 
that really a massive amount of money? Well, yeah, okay, you're, Hollywood? you're right. You can uh, you can individually donate fifteen hundred dollars. I believe. Actually, you know what? I'm, I know for uh, president, it's different. You can individually donate a certain amount of money. Um, but you know, there's ways around that too. I don't know the specific numbers that they donated. Uh, Lauren Bulbert's statement says <laughs> that you've got Hollywood coming in and donating massive amounts of money. Ryan Reynolds and Barbara Streisand are trying to buy the third district, which is not for sale. Uh, but yeah, from a minimum donation standpoint as an individual, there's a minimum. However, what happens is they get all their friends and employees and relatives to donate and they give them the money and, and that kind of thing. So we, I'm, there's really no way at the moment to know how much of that money is uh, they're individually behind. And do Republicans do the same thing? I don't know. I assume so. I mean, I would assume that they do that. Okay. One other question. Yeah. If, if um, Mike Pence could have stopped the certification process... Can Kamala Harris do the same? If my, I mean, Mike Pence didn't stop the certification process. No, he didn't. But he, you know, most Trumpers say, most people who like Trump and who are, you know, of, of your persuasion say that he can, he could have stopped the certification. Wait, what's do my, we, what's do my we have, persuasion? Do we have to worry about. You talking about my sex? We have to worry about Kamala, Kamala Harris doing that. I mean, I don't think so because I don't think you're going to have the kind of questions surrounding the the election. Uh, that you had last time. First of all, if, if Joe Biden wins, she wouldn't stop the certification. So that doesn't make any sense. And if Donald Trump wins, it's going to be because uh, they weren't able to do whatever it is they did last time to win the election. So I don't think that she would do that. Also, you have to keep in mind that you have a uh, you have a Republican House of Representatives, which you didn't have before. So um, it's going to be a it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Uh, but look, the rules apply to both parties. We're not like, my persuasion is not like your persuasion. In your persuasion, there's rules for uh, the Republicans and there's rules for Democrats and they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily add up. You know, Joe Biden can have as many uh, top secret documents laying around his house as as possible and he'll just get away with a slap on the wrist. Not even. Um, Donald Trump gets his home raided. He gets charged. He has, uh, you know, his uh, his lawyers thrown out of his his home. They demand cameras turned off. His wife's underwear drawer has been rifled through. So, you know, look, if if Donald Trump wins, I don't know what. Maybe she will try to stop the certification of the ballots, but she won't be successful uh, because what happened was, Jim, after the last election, there was an electoral law that the Democrats sought to change because they wanted to make sure that everybody knew the vice president's certification process was ceremonial and not actually any kind of uh, any kind of legal uh, and, and not any kind of legal application to electoral uh, voting. But anyway, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275 is our number. All right, so coming up tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Whatever You Want Wednesday, and it's our first Whatever You Want Wednesday of the season. Now, we've we've been talking, ever since Hannah's been gone, we've been talking about having some uh, celebrity guests come in and fill in for her and, uh, you know, act as, you know, second fiddle um, to, uh, to my first chair for a couple of weeks. And we have a couple lined up. Susie in Middleburg, who joins us every Wednesday. We are uh we're look we still have to solidify a date with her, but we'll probably hopefully get her in next week. Um we also have the lady etiquette who's a big uh one of our regular guests who might be coming in. A couple of our Congress people have expressed interest. So we're trying to work with them on getting them in at a particular time. Uh, so we do have a couple more weeks here without Hannah and we will uh we will try to fill the time as entertainingly as possible. Also, we have our uh, our regularly scheduled segments tomorrow, whatever you want Wednesday, which means whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about. We imagine by tomorrow, a lot of the Epstein client list will be out. 
we imagine by tomorrow uh, there'll be more movement and information about what's going to happen when the House of Representatives returns. Uh, Steve Scalise, by the way, just recently endorsed Donald Trump for president. I am proud to endorse Donald Trump for president in 2024, and I look forward to working with President Trump and a Republican House and Senate to fight for those families who are struggling under the weight of Biden's failed policies. So it looks like as we start, there will be more and more movement toward Donald Trump by high profile candidates and, and persons in the Republican Party. The writing seems to be on the wall for Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. Uh, you know, there's no movement in the polls. There's no movement in the fundraising. There's no high-profile individuals who are throwing their stuff. In fact, the opposite is true. Some of them are losing support. And I imagine that's a trend that's going to continue. So anything you want to talk about tomorrow, we will talk about. And if you'd like to get a jump start on it, I'll go ahead and leave us an open mic message by downloading any one of our Catriot Radio Network radio station mobile apps. And, uh, and we'll get that on the air tomorrow, starting at noon Eastern, 11 Central, for the Mark K Show. Happy New Year. We'll see you tomorrow. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.